Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Two Idiots Podcast. I'm Reg. I'm Randy. Is what Randy would say if he were here, but he's off gallivanting across Europe on uh, the back of an elephant or something, but that's not true. Um, instead, joining us this week, we have Mr. Kent Rathwell. Rathwell, am I saying that right? You, you have it, yeah. Welcome here. Welcome here, Kent. He is the, the founder of Sun Country. First, it was Birdseed, but now it's EVs and charging ports and, and the longest uh, green highway in the world, I believe. Um, so welcome here. Thank you very much, Rich. It's uh, it's really uh, great to be here with you. Uh, you know, I just arrived in Vegas and uh, I couldn't think of anything better to do than actually have a chat with you. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Well, you're a liar. You're a damn liar, Kent. Um, and this episode is unofficially sponsored by MGM Grand. If you if this video oversees the light of day, you can see the the lights in the background and. Um, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> but no, of course not. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad you were willing to join us, especially from Vegas. I can think of about 10,000 things I'd rather do in Vegas than, than chat with myself. But um, anyway, anyway, so uh, you, were, you were alluding to before we started recording kind of how long of a process it's been over the last nine years um, in, the, in the electric vehicle charging space, in the climate change space, in the everything space. Um, so let's start with your start. Kind of tell tell us a little bit about. Oh, actually, we normally start with, what's your favorite movie? Um, <laughs> I have a lot of them, but uh, probably uh, Avatar. Uh, Ooh, it really, cool. it really, it really uh, messages a lot um, mm-hmm. of really about uh, the human species and what we have to be careful uh, that we don't do. Ah, that's that's fair. That's fair. You can't help but get a little teary eyed when their home tree gets taken down. You know what I mean? I feel you. I feel you. Um, anyway, so let, let's start with your start and kind of tell the beginning of your story. Sure. Uh, well, it started at 30 years ago this year, um, and it seems like a long time, but man, did it ever fly. But uh, <laughs> I've also been flying at a thousand miles an hour since. Uh, but yeah, you know, I just, um, uh, I really had a, a major epiphany and, uh, I had, I had a lot of knowledge about what was going around the world because my, my father was you know, uh, global, and uh, and he was trying to help other countries, you know, become more sustainable, mm. um, and um, you know, food, food secured. Uh, more, it wasn't sustainable. That word didn't really exist back then. But it was more so like food secure, you know, water secure, that sort of thing. And um, and yeah, so I was studying civil engineering, and then in the summers I was working on projects, and and um, you know, you know, we designed basically cities, and um, and uh, and highways and freeways and sewers. Mm-hmm. And, water systems and such. And I realized that the way we designed cities wasn't actually economically, socially, and environmentally sustainable. No um, kidding, really? We were, <laughs> well, uh, you know, <laughs> a prime example is called potholes, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, potholes uh, shouldn't really exist if the infrastructure is designed properly and implemented properly. Mm. The problem is, is a lot of the time it isn't. And, um, you know, it's not inspected properly. Um, and uh, people just, uh, you know, no one's going to see it anyway. It's going to be buried. But what happens is, you know, a pothole that shouldn't exist for, say, 10 or 20 years or maybe you know, longer, uh, 30 or 40, hopefully, uh, <laughs> exists maybe year one after a massive. Have you ever been to Winnipeg? Have you, have you ever been to Winnipeg? Then we know how you feel. Yeah. yeah, I've been to every village, I think, in Canada, because, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, in the last nine years, we, uh, we basically electrified almost all of them uh, with EV chargers, right? So, but, yeah. you know, going back, you know, that 30-year period, I actually had a very, you know, um, uh, 
probably the darkest period of my life for about a month or two. And I couldn't really share it with anyone because I knew what we were doing wasn't sustainable economically, socially, environmentally, uh, the way we designed our cities, our food infrastructure, our transportation, our power generation, the way we built cities and subdivisions and, uh, and, and urban sprawl and, and property taxes. So, you know, I really saw, you know, older people being pushed out of their homes in a few decades, uh, even though they had never, you know, even though they've lived there their whole lives. Why? Mm -hmm. Because property taxes just keep going up. And, um, and so, um, you know, which isn't really fair. We need to have a different type of system. But, you know, if you've lived in a place for 50, 60, 70 years, you shouldn't have to leave the city because you can't afford the property taxes. You would right? think not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not socially, um, morally, you know, correct. Ethically. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of things, right? We could be here a while. Um, so, so I really did see that coming and, and I saw the burden going on to our, our younger generation at that point, it was me. And, uh, but even, even more so, um, you know, beyond me and, um, you know, I was, I was only, um, you know, 18, 19 at that point. Right. So, um, I was, uh, um, um, yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty young, but, but it all sort of, uh, came together, um, uh, in my mindset and I really couldn't have it discussion with anyone because it sounded ludicrous right mm. so that our water security wasn't there uh you know the way we're you know dumping our, our we're treating our sewage but yet it was going into the our rivers and lakes and oceans and 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 places that we would drink downstream or the cities or villages downstream would drink it but we were still putting in hormones steroids pharmaceuticals you know chemicals into into the water even after it was treated and uh, and that's what they were drinking downstream and you know that just makes people sicker and sicker the further you go downstream sure. so uh, ultimately um yeah so that's where it all boils down to so i've been planning a lot of the things that i've been doing for about you know 30 years and um and um and the electric vehicle infrastructure uh the electric vehicle um or transportation you could call it uh was really the last uh, the last 10 years um mm. Um, you know, it's been going at about 10,000 miles an hour, uh, but that's really, that brings us into where we are today. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I mean, cause I was reading a little bit about you here. Um, the, you know, you kind of started or you bought uh, a birdseed company, Sun, Sun Country Farms out of Saskatchewan and, uh, and made that zero emissions and carbon and sustainable. And I think carbon neutral and, and all these other things, which again is very progressive in general for that long ago and in Saskatchewan, um, so then to then move on so kind of when when did that like what what was your first step when that when that f switch flipped kind of like okay we need to figure something out kind of what was your what was your plan right well uh, uh, it, <laughs> um I realized that Ontario was really the economic engine to Canada. It really created a lot of the wealth and that wealth was spread out across Canada with equalization payments. Mm -hmm. And I really realized that Ontario was going to become a have not province. It was going to, the, the engine was going to die. Oh, and man. that's because we weren't really maintaining things down there. We weren't really making the right decisions. Um, and, and I was young at that point. Right. So my goal was to go out and try to fire up some other engines across Canada. And, um, and so I really went out and studied all the provinces for, for quite a long time and then figured out that, okay, well, it doesn't really take much to, to turn a province around and to get, to get them on, on heading down the right road. So uh, that ultimately brought me to Saskatchewan uh, because at that point I found it was the most difficult one to turn around because the, the, the message of the day was last one out shuts off the lights, right? Like that was a common statement back then. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, PEI was the second most uh, challenging to become a have province. So the idea is, um, is you know, the ugly duckling story to turn into a swan. So the idea was try to go to the most difficult places first and try to turn them around and do whatever it took. So um, I, I had never uh, planned on moving to Saskatchewan, but long story Nobody short. Nobody does. <laughs> well, at that point, no one was, right? They were all moving away because the population was going down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, like within, uh, and I always typically do things within a decade goal. And uh, yeah, within like eight and a half years, Saskatchewan turned to have province. And uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, but, um, you know, uh, that's the economic side because you need economic, social and environmental sustainability to really have an awesome lifestyle and to really have a strong culture and, um, and community. And, um, and so uh, that's part of it is, is how do you make a, a place economically sustainable and then that, you know, socially sustainable, then environmentally sustainable, because you can't really make it environmentally sustainable unless you have the money to do it. Right. Of course. Um, yeah. So, uh, so how I typically do things is I try to, you know, uh, allow people to solve, you know, their carbon emissions or their pollution emissions um, while they save money. That's a much better model. And you can sort of disrupt the normal trend, right? Cause normally, um, you know, people think green costs money and um, and I try to let them know that, hey, if you go green, you can make more green. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's typically a better role uh, uh, roadmap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. That, and, and so then what was the what was the pushback like? So when you come into um, near Saskatoon um, and, and you start touting all the, you know, hey, we're going to go green, we're going to go do this, we're going to do this in a predominantly coal powered um, province. Right. Um, what what was what was the discussion like with all with a lot of the, the people around you in in the industry or the community? Well, typically you don't share a lot of the information, right? <clears throat> so what, what I try to do is I cr- I create models or pilots and mm-hmm. show that it's possible. And once mm-hmm. people know it's possible and uh, and they can save some money in the process, then they jump on the bandwagon, right? Uh, um, yeah. Whether that's with birdseed or any other product, right? Um, but um, um, you know, in regards to um, uh, we, we you know we prove. Uh, that a company, we were the first zero emission company in Saskatchewan, uh, the first zero emission company of our kind, I think, in the world, uh, wow. manufacturing. We set up a, a processing plant uh, um, and uh, set it up at a place that that off, that we took our biomass and we offset a coal a coal uh, facility or coal a place that used coal for heat, mm-hmm. and we actually gave them our biomass for free so yeah. that they uh, could eliminate buying coal, right? And so, uh, did that have anything to do with our products? Nope, but. The idea is we could position that processing plant in a certain place that it did actually make uh, an um, um, uh, exponential impact, sure. uh, and then we uh, created a, a you know bio oil plant to take waste oil seeds and turn it to to like bio oil, which could then could just easily go to biodiesel, um, you know, and and that was many thousands of liters every single day that we were producing, and uh, created that from scratch, right? And that in theory could power all of our farm equipment and all of our, our, our highway delivery vehicles, um, you know, not only just producing the food, but also transporting it through the value chain, sure. the cleaning plant, the processing plant, the manufacturing plant, then to the retailer. Um, and then at the retailer, uh, if you put in charging stations, then you can actually charge up and, and allow, you know, people can go home with no emissions, right? So yeah. you can actually create a zero emission value chain. I know we did it. Um, so, so now we can message that around the world that that's possible too. Well, and so often it's the the people pushing back on it to say that, well, you know, it's got to be cost effective. It's got to be this. It, it doesn't got to make money. It's got to do, you know, it's not worth it. It's all these other, you know, trying to knock it down. But yeah, if you can prove that it, especially if you can prove that it works in Saskatchewan, you can basically prove that it works anywhere. 
in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and now, but but it's really difficult, right? Because uh, you know, yeah. it, it's really difficult to explain this to bankers and mm-hmm. you know, the accountants and and other people, right? When when it's never been done before. Yeah. And uh, and that's really the the biggest challenge is uh, is uh, you need to have the money up front to be able to push it through because if you don't, and you have to go ask people for it, and uh, you know, it's 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 virtually impossible. Uh, if you have to uh, try to raise money, well, then you know it's um, if it's never been done before, it's 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 risky. Um, so it's just so much easier if you just have like, your own money, right? It's sort of like with uh, you know uh, Elon now, he can pretty much do anything uh, that he wants to, and it's really easy because he has the money. He doesn't have to ask anyone for permission, and um, and so that's where you know people that have money. Um, you know, they have uh, they have the ability to to change the world a lot faster than most of us um, because they don't have to ask anybody to yeah. to fund something. Uh, they can just make it happen. And um, and and you know, it's pretty it's pretty cool. And and you know, we're frankly, about- I think they have the obligation to do so. Um, you know, the people with the most funds, it frankly should be your. I mean, that that should be your responsibility to to kind of funnel that at least in, in some respect. Of course. Like don't give away all your money, but like if if you're the one with the money, it, it, it you can do it the easiest way. Then why shouldn't you, uh, you know, be helping those or, or helping smooth out the chain? You know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, and and you don't want to give all away away all your money because uh, trust me, it's not a good it's not a good thing. You know. <laughs> if you want to, I'm I'm happy. I'll give you my my PayPal. Feel free, give away all your money, and I'll I'll make sure it goes to good good causes. But, but you really need to sometimes put everything mm-hmm. in the line. And I've done it many times in my life, you know, and uh, and at the end of the day, when I'm done, like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, still I've still got lots of uh, lots of uh, uh, get up and go in me. Um, but I've also got a ma- massive motivator, right, uh, uh, to help solve a lot of global issues. Sure. And uh, and and I think the people that, you know, because I saw what was coming, I felt obligated to, to do something about it because very few people probably saw this all coming 30 years ago because it's a lot of experiences that that have to come together in your life to have this aha moment yeah uh, and uh you know you can look at that as a complete nightmare moment uh complete curse or you could look at it as a blessing because um you know i had i was fortunate enough to have that and um and uh, i felt obligated to do something about it sure i mean so and so then on that note speaking of of creating um, chains and sustainability plus Tesla. Again, I was reading that basically you um, you discovered Tesla uh, reading in a magazine back when the when the Tesla Roadster was out there. And I should preface this by saying I don't know anything about electrical electric cars. I almost called them electrical cars. That's how little I know. Um, uh, other than I mean James Hart, former guest of the show, friend of mine, connected us. He's uh, he's always been you know banging the drum about EVs and and uh, he's we worked we worked side by side for a few years, so he was always talking about everything ev um so i can i can appreciate it so i just wanted to get that out of the way i don't know anything about anything but anyway so <laughs> so you discover podcast so i uh, hear you know <laughs> hey, neither do i it works out um <laughs> that's what the uh, other but, guy's for right <laughs> no he knows less than i do um <laughs> he's not here to defend himself so um but anyway so so you you got into tesla and then, so then, had you already? No. So the infrastructure was barely there by the time you had your roadster, I guess. 
No, there was no infrastructure. Tesla yeah. didn't have infrastructure. No one really had infrastructure. So no, the reason that I, I wanted to just drive back and forth or plant um, with a zero emission vehicle powered on 100% renewable energy. That's what I wanted, right? I wanted to be able to prove that it could happen. So that's why I was searching and searching. And then I came across them. And, and I mean, it was a long search. No one really knew about Tesla um, yeah. you know, because I, I, I'm very well read. And, uh, and, I, and, and humble I get too. a lot. I'm sorry? And humble too. <laughs> no, like, I mean, I read all the time. I, I know, I I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm pretty much up 20 <laughs> hours a day, right? And have been for, you know, uh, you know 30 years. So, um, no, like, I, I honestly don't. I don't really go visit a lot of family. I don't sure. do any of sporting activities. I don't see a lot of friends. Like, I've got to, <laughs> someone's got to do it, right? So, um, and I'm a I guess. Team, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, but ultimately, um, no, that's really what I wanted to do is just to prove that a vehicle could travel. Um, and uh, with biofuel, there's some issues with that in the cold and whatnot. Um, and once you go to biofuel, you have to sort of stick with it because otherwise the, the filters clog up, right? Uh, so, yeah. um, but, but you still have to transport it. So the really great thing about electric is it's, it's virtually everywhere. And, um, and uh, it's not everywhere but we just created a solution now to make it everywhere. So that's good. So that's a, that's another, another, another uh, topic, yeah. um, you know, for another podcast maybe, but, um, but yeah, so the idea between uh, say electric and hydrogen uh, or other biofuels or whatnot was the fact that everyone virtually had electricity and, um, and, um, and so you just needed to plug it in at home. Like you do virtually anything else. Right. Sure. And, um, and so that was the idea and you could power a, a an electric vehicle um on anything on any renewable power um and with renewable power uh with solar say you can actually charge at home and 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 you can save money in, in doing the process so and you can really reduce your your footprint and if you can do that then and other people can see you doing that in your neighborhood then eventually you know it'll spread around the world so um so that was really the reason uh that i that i went down to tesla and then at that point i realized that uh uh, they they didn't have any infrastructure, right? They were just trying to survive. They made their, their car and they were just trying to survive and to sell their cars to cash flow and no one really knew about them. And so, and, and I'm saying, and like, okay, well, you know, where do you travel? And they said, well, basically around home. And it's like, <laughs> okay, so you're gonna buy a $200,000 Canadian car almost uh, and travel around home. Uh, awesome, good job, <laughs> you know, best of luck. I'll take the car, see you yeah. later. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was sort of it. And then I realized that they were serious and it was just like, oh my goodness. Um, you know, someone's got to put an infrastructure because you're no different than, than the companies, the electric cars that were here, you know, for the last hundred years and over a hundred years, they all basically, you know, the electric car has always been sort of around, but it's mm -hmm. never taken off. Why? Well, it's really easy. Why would you buy one if you can't travel anywhere? Number one. And, um, and, and, you know, that's pretty much it. Uh, so um and uh so my goal was okay well if somebody if i can show that you can travel in these things uh for the first time in really the history of the world and you can travel for free bingo now the electric car is safe done yeah. game over right full stop <laughs> so that was really what i did so within about you know so I, I i left and um and long story short um you know in about a year uh, i had to commission a new charger a charging station design because the station that the uh, exact uh, the auto industry and the electrical industry decided on was a 40 amp charger uh it would take forever it would take like 12 16 hours to charge your car to go like 300 350 kilometers that was going to kill the electric car it wasn't going to help it um so uh, so i went to a company and uh, and commissioned a 100 amp charger with a universal plug put onto it which they had never done before but that was really the strategy was to do that and then to just go out and give these things away all over the country 
uh, in Canada and then travel across Canada in this really fast, sexy, beautiful uh, Tesla Roadster uh, mm -hmm. in the middle of a Canadian winter to blow people's <laughs> minds around the world because, you know, a lot of people around the world think we live in es uh, igloos still. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, and to, to actually travel from beyond sea to sea, from St. John's, Newfoundland to Victoria, BC, uh, you know, in the middle of a Canadian winter, uh, in the prairies are cold, man. Like uh, when I, oh, I know. <laughs> it, well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, so, um, and then over the Rocky Mountains, and 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 in a little car that was, you know, a few feet off the ground, and and um, and basically a little wee Ferrari, smaller than a Ferrari. Uh, but uh, yeah, in the middle of winter, so then travel say ten thousand kilometers in the middle of winter with zero tailpipe emissions and for free seemed pretty cool. And I figured that would resonate around the world. Yeah. And we had enough media attention globally that the people around the world would believe in the electric car and hopefully invest money into Tesla and, and hopefully put money down for a deposit on the future vehicle that they wanted to build. So that was really my strategy. That was my, my I, I figured that out in about a one hour period when I was, uh, when I was down at Tesla walking <laughs> around after I realized that, oh my gosh, these guys are gone. Like, yeah. uh, uh, I got to do something about it. Yeah. So then, so then after that, once you had the car, you had the vision. So then you started um, trying to figure out how to install <clears throat> all these different charging stations kind of across the country. Is that, is that sort of how it went? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I cashed out of a lot of things uh, that were really good, good investments. Um, and basically <laughs> uh, uh, knowing full well that, it, you know, that, um, <laughs> You know, how do you go out and ask somebody to buy something, you know, when they believed in UFOs more? Again, we would have been better to sell UFO <laughs> landing sites, right? So yeah. I, uh, so these chargers were, but you know, almost three grand a pop. And uh, so I just went out and gave them all away. And uh, hired That's a just for the charging station itself? Then plus infrastructure on top? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, you can get that, that installed for a case of beer if you have a really good electrical friend, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so it might be a thousand bucks or maybe two thousand dollars on top of that. Uh, but but the, the the idea was to go as across Canada as fast as possible and electrify the whole Trans Canada Highway, uh, make it the longest green highway in the world, across uh, a whole continent, you know, a whole nation, but also a whole continent, uh, the widest part of our continent actually, um, and uh, and to do it in a year. <laughs> um, the, the, so that was a little bit audacious, um, but uh, uh, but I had traveled a lot of. The country uh, before that right so I, I did understand it um, um, but I forgot how many pl uh, places along that highway there wasn't really places to you know there wasn't really electricity or <laughs> places to stop I forgot about that when I came up with this <laughs> awesome plan um, so but that was really it and um, and then you know and then so I uh, hired a whole team uh, across the whole nation uh, you know this was not launched out of a garage it was basically a <laughs> national launch in all the different provinces yeah. um, so I haven't done that before and uh and yeah so um uh we we hammered it out and uh, and every morning every night i checked to see if tesla was still in existence if it was, if it was bankrupt or not and then uh and then i realized that oh this is it's getting worse and worse with tesla right so mm -hmm. um so uh, i said okay we need to do this in eight months well the eight yeah. months only is a little bit shorter really right um but 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 it was exponentially expensive like it was sure. many 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 times more so basically i had you know put my money into tesla stock and at the end of the day uh we did get the project done in eight months and we drove it uh, across the whole distance in the ninth month uh in the middle of a canadian winter wow. and um and uh you know it was pretty special because at the end of the day um you know this would have never happened and i designed this with a bit of a poison pill i wanted to make sure that we could find individuals around across canada that that would pay it forward 
uh, that would believe in something that is virtually impossible, never been done in the history of the world, um, you know, and uh, that's a little bit crazier than even UFO landing sites, right? You know, like this is out there. Um, and, um, and, and I knew that they were going to get hammered by their friends and their spouse and kids, maybe not maybe kids, uh, but neighbors and golf buddies going, are you nuts? <laughs> you know, what are you thinking, man? You're like the clown, you know, you're the village idiot. You're the new village idiot. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and you know, you know, you know all about that. Right. So, um, um, yeah, so well, I do too. Cause I've been the village idiot for my whole, whole life. Right. I've always done different things. And, but, but ultimately the coolest thing about this whole situation was that we had people of all different backgrounds and cultures and religions and, 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 and economic classes and education levels, um, rural and urban, uh, municipal and private, come together, not knowing one another at all, not knowing, no, not all of them knew me, um, and, and yet they came together and they created something that's never happened in the history of our, our planet before, in the history of yeah. our species. For. And the reason I put that poison at the poison pill I put in there was I wanted to find people that would pay to install the chargers, right? Mm. Now it would have been way cheaper for, for me to pay that, right? Way cheaper, like <laughs> uh, uh, 10, 20 times cheaper um, to, than to find all those inspiring, empowering people in those communities across the nation. Sure. But I really wanted to set an example and show that there's amazing people out there and there's people that do care and that will be to yeah. help to help the world right to help pay yeah. it for total strangers and they did it and they yeah. did it in eight months and uh, and they and these people that that never knew one another that made the snap decision when you know when we who walked through the door somebody walked through the door and said hey we're going to give you this thing if you can install <laughs> it that would be great and uh one electric vehicle is going to show up for sure that's our boss if he can make it all the way across <laughs> and uh but the goal here is is to solve climate change um to save people money and to bring people here to your town and your your business uh for tourism and economic development right so that was it and and there was only you know you really couldn't get electric cars in canada right so and there's so only what year 40 was this? This was 2012, we, 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 we launched in 2012, mm -hmm. finished in 2012, and drove the whole continent in 2012. <laughs> on top of that, I wanted to make sure that we didn't mess up because I knew the global's eyes were gonna be on, the world's eyes were gonna be honest with media from around the world. Sure. Uh, so we actually electrified all of Vancouver's, all of Vancouver Island, which is a big island, you know? Yeah. Um, it's way bigger than I thought, but uh, I had never <laughs> gone all, of, all across all of it before, but I figured, hey, let's, let's electrify that. You know, they've really, you know, BC has been really, you know, on the environmental front for a while, but let's electrify that and, and, and drive it and see how mm -hmm. it goes. So that went well. Um, and then we did all of PI, and we made PI the first province, state, or nation in the whole world where you could travel 100% zero emission vehicle, 100%, you know, um, across the whole region and every every uh, road, freeway, and highway, and 100% for free with no tailpipe emissions. Wow. So that was a province, state, or nation. Why PI? Well, yeah. go back 20 minutes in our conversation, right? Sure. Second most difficult province to to become a have province, right? I love that. And yeah. I want to focus the whole world's attention on PI, right? And then uh, so that was done, and then we finished the highway. Uh, the, the Trans-Canada Highway, and um, at one time, the world's longest highway, and uh, period. And uh, and then, um, you know, actually got two of these cars. <laughs> so there's 40 in the country, I had two of them. One was in a trailer, <laughs> and the one was I was driving. Uh, but uh, within five minutes of me noticing a problem in the one I was driving, then I would I would have been already on the road in the other one. It was like a, a NASCAR uh, crew. And, um, and so it was really well thought out. Um, you know, I, I didn't leave anything for chance. 
Um, but it was it was the scariest drive of my life. I will say that. <laughs> I believe that a small little car driving through not only the prairies, which growing up in Manitoba, we uh, you, you get used to almost hitting the ditch at least a dozen times a, a winter. Um, the roads are all straight. They're all blown over and icy and everything. And then plus crossing the mountains, plus, you know, going through the windy roads in Ontario, everything else. Um, so then which, which charging station went live first? Like, where was it? The first one? Yeah. So the first one that went live, um, was, um, um, well, uh, we, we electrified Ottawa to Toronto mm. and we, and we drove that distance in a hundred percent electric, you know, sports car, like the Tesla Roadster. And we arrived a day before the Toronto Auto Show. Then we had a massive booth in the Toronto Auto Show in two different parts of the Auto Show. We really wanted to blow people's minds, right? Sure. And did it ever. So it actually did get national media attention, just, just driving from Ottawa to Toronto <laughs> you know, in a 100% electric car and for free. So, yeah. so that charger was at Burke Steakhouse um, uh, in Peterborough. And, uh, and their, uh, their cherry ravioli dessert is like amazing so uh so if you're ever in ontario make sure you go to burke Seca. so that Check was really out. our first one um you know to launch that that route and um and um and yeah so at the toronto auto show we said well we're going to electrify the trans canada highway in a year and and it just like you know people didn't they, they they either believed it or they didn't believe it but but we drove from ottawa to toronto so the trans canada highway is just a little bit longer right um, like about a thousand times longer, uh, but uh, but ultimately it's just a little bit longer. And, sure. uh, and so if that's possible, what else is possible? And and really that was it. And um, and so uh, yeah, later on that year we we uh, you know drove across the nation. <laughs> that's incredible. Do you have any um, anecdotes or stories from your from your trek across the country that that come to mind? Yeah, well, um, um, I know you're from Manitoba, but when I uh, Manitoba was, was was nuts, you know, and, and I, I, I I'm from like southern Ontario in 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 an area that has, you know, I think the the, the largest um, uh, snowfall or some of the largest snowfall in North America, right? So I I've, I've lived with you know snowfall the, the height of power poles or telephone mm-hmm. poles, um, so um, uh, you know that deep, right? So I'm used to this stuff. But Manitoba, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, but uh, but starting in Newfoundland, uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, um, you know, after we went through there, there was a rock slide and closed the Trans Canada Highway, um, and then um, and then um, it was okay until Northern Ontario, and then there was a, a route there that uh, it was all backed up. The road wasn't closed, but it was all backed up because the trucks couldn't get up the icy the icy hills. So so traffic was backed up for a few miles, I guess. But um, um but the car i put studded tires on him uh, from nikian so these these tires were from finland uh, that i put on this car and mm-hmm. and i put them on the back uh but right above the back studded tires was a 900 pound battery pack <laughs> so this thing had traction even though it was a few inches off the off yeah. the road you know, the, the height of the we're car going nowhere yeah yeah and but the snow was coming over the, the hood of the car and it was crazy <laughs> um and um uh but i you know what i never passed a ferrari or a lamborghini on this whole trip so it's sort of funny right but uh um, um but ultimately no manitoba is really bad um uh, when i got into saskatchewan there was people getting blown off the the freeways or the highways and dying in the ditch it was so cold mm. right so this yeah. so in talking to people from saskatchewan it's really easy they said when did you drive across remember remember that winter when people were getting blown off um the road and they had there's a bunch that died in the ditch and it's like yeah that's when i was crossing saskatchewan mm. so, um i was actually going to go up to saskatoon to visit my family and uh and i didn't i stayed in regina um uh, for for uh, a day and then i 
continued on, which was yeah. sort of pretty bad because I really did want to get home. Um, but um, but yeah, and then and then um, um, in uh, in Banff got about a meter and a bit of snow, um, and uh, so that created some issues. And then got into um, uh, Revelstoke uh, the next night, and it took a long time to get from Banff to Revelstoke because basically a whole day. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Revelstoke, um, you know, parked it thinking, oh, wait, we're sort of good, but it started really snowing. And then uh, about eleven o'clock at night, I, I, I uh, we just got back for dinner, and it's like coming down pretty good. And then at midnight, I went and checked the car and it had like a foot of snow on it and um, and uh, all, all within like an hour. Yeah. And so I went to the front desk and said, hey, uh, did they shut the road down? Oh, no, they, they don't shut it down till six in the morning. And it's like, oh, so it's it's OK. It's legal to drive on it right now. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> all right. So and uh, so I, I said, how far do I need to get down the road before they sh you know shut the highway? And she goes, well, probably down near, you know, uh, you know, Seminar, Sycamus area. And um, so I said, OK, so I went upstairs and and uh, everyone just got to sleep and it was like, hey, we're leaving. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> so we took off and and it was really, it really a scary drive then because um, and, and this whole drive, I wouldn't let anybody ride with me in the car. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was it was sort of white knuckling it the whole way. And like, you know, the electric car has never done this before and that type of cold and and the distance and and uh, but, you know, um, yeah so like but this that stretch from from revelstoke down to sycamus was pretty pretty bad because um i i was just sort of it, the the snow was coming down so hard and i was just really driving based upon the shadow or the i thought the shadow of the side of the road uh and i didn't know if it dropped a thousand feet or dropped yeah. two but but um um but yeah that was pretty pretty rough um and it took a lot of hours um yeah. so and then we then then finally the radio station came on it was like all right, awesome. We got down to Sycamus. And, uh, and as soon as it came on, it was like, yeah, the road's closed. So I was like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So yeah, so then we kept going. And um, and then uh, it uh, it got bad again at Hope, or, you know, before Hope, um, like really bad. It was a horrible night uh, driving into Hope. Finally got to Hope. It's gone, you know, thank, thank God we're here. Uh, it's easy. We're in the valley, right? Uh, and uh, the next morning, it was a really weird weather. They were getting you know, the ice and snow and like, it was just like going from snow to ice to rain and, and it was really wild. And uh, so by the time I got into Vancouver, I had like about an inch or two of ice over the whole car. It was a really <laughs> weird, yeah. And then, and then I got there and the guys go, hey, this is great that you're here because we heard they just closed the Portman Bridge. <clears throat> and it's like, oh, why? Well, all those cables this on the suspension bridge, uh, they were building up with ice and they, they were vibrating the ice was, falling up and shearing into cars <laughs> it's like wow so we finally got through that and then figured oh my goodness like you know here you know uh, 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 you know this should have been easy this is the easy yeah. part of the right but and then we got on the Vancouver Island thinking okay you know good nope the Malahat was a mess so uh <laughs> but the funniest thing was wrote and we just drove into Victoria and then no snow no nothing and it, and, and the sun was like you're gonna you got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. you know, no one here is going to understand what that trip was like. <laughs> and, and, and I'll also say is, you know, um, I don't ever drive the whole Trans Canada in the middle of Canadian winter. You're insane. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. sounds like you might be a little bit. It's it's like doing the Iditarod <laughs> without any dogs. Um, but that's, yeah, no, I mean, that, that sounds like an incredible trip. First of all, I would love to cross country Canada, not necessarily electric or, or whatever but there, you know we, there's so much to see and it would be amazing to even do that trek at all um but even so on onto the the charging ports themselves so at the time it was the longest the green highway in the world um maybe it's not anymore but but now um 
other other companies, I assume, like, because aren't there like Petro Canada ones? There are all these other things, or is that tied into yours? Or how does how does that sort of work? Yeah. So what we did is we really just you know wanted to inspire the world, and 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 this is where I'll give you know not only those individuals across the whole country and their family for those ones that supported them, because uh, most of their friends and family would <laughs> would have said they were nuts, and uh, you know, um, and that would have been lightly. Um, but but also the fact that the media around the world, like the media across Canada, got the story out. Mm-hmm. And then media around the world took it and they spread it into virtually every language and script around the world. Um, so there was a company that we had watching that and analyzing all our media globally. And, and uh, so they showed me, you know, the dashboard at the end and, and uh, of the trip. And and they said, well, you know, here's all the media. And they're going through the stories like couldn't read it, couldn't understand it. Like, yeah, it was it was amazing. So but so you, you have to look at the reporters around the world really spread this message. And mm-hmm. I know they, they, you know, um, um, sometimes people are critical with reporters, but as far as I'm concerned, they help save the electric car. These individuals across Canada, they didn't know one another from all different backgrounds, religions, you know, cultures, <laughs> immigrants and non-immigrants, you know, and uh, they saved the electric car, right? Because at the end of the day, um, uh, the electric car has been here forever. But it's never taken off. And why? Well, because no one really allowed it to travel anywhere. So why would you buy one? And now you could actually travel for free. And you couldn't do that in any automobile in history, right? So if you can travel for free, and there's really no tailpipe emissions, um, you know, and you could power that with 100% renewable energy down the road, and you can do it for pennies on the dollar, right? Like you can you can uh, travel for, um, um, you know, for like 70, 80, 90% less. Than what you can in a regular vehicle, so that saves people a lot of money. It it, it really helps to take pressure off families, um, not just in Canada but around the world, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it can totally change people's lives. So for sure. And so then with with that, I mean, who who are is there a main competitor? I mean, you're not really competing with people because you're sort of sounds like you're sort of working with other companies, but I assume it's still kind of a it's becoming a crowded space. Is it to to set up all these chargers? Yeah, yeah. So, well, when we did it, uh, you know, Best Westerns came on really strong, but like we, we, we have chargers in virtually every hotel out there uh, mm-hmm. on the planet, right? And, uh, but Best Western came on really strong from the corporate office. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's actually why I'm in Vegas today uh, or tonight, because um, uh, we have the Best Western annual convention. So uh, we are Best Western's exclusive charging station provider, mm-hmm. uh, preferred vendor, right? And, uh, and, and that's went back many years. So we've given them a lot of really good other solutions and technologies moving forward, right? Um, um, to say, look, this is this is my roadmap, and um, and uh, and if you want to follow, then awesome. And uh, and and uh, we, you know, we offer this stuff to you know all of our municipal partners, corporate partners, gas station companies, uh, oil companies. Uh, like Suncor owns Petro Canada, even mm-hmm. though Suncor is like the largest oil sands producer in on the planet. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, they have the only level three charging network that goes all the way across you know, from Nova Scotia to, to Vancouver Island, not in Newfoundland, they don't have gas stations there, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's pretty good of them. And, um, and uh, you know, they're, they're trying and uh, they're doing, (laughs) you know, more than most people or company are right. They're trying and they are making an impact. So you have to give them credit for, for that um, and not just criticism. Right. So, uh, but Best Western has come on very strong Mm -hmm. uh, Best Westerns uh, that we have charging stations around the world, uh, you know, as far as Norway, um, you know, uh, these chargers are mostly all for free, uh, yeah. whether you're staying there or not. So, 
um, you know, so, so that's pretty cool of them to, to do that. And, and Best Western was the first hotel chain in the world to uh, mandate EV charging stations at all their new hotels and all their brands that are switching over to, to them. And it's why uh, a lot of EV owners around the world, um, you know, when they're traveling, they, they, they just, you know, call up a Best Western because odds are they have a charger, right? So it makes sense. Yeah. It's not a bad model, not a bad model. Um, and so then speaking of, of going across Canada, um, I know I'd spoken with James quite a lot and, and other people, but you always, you always hear, especially growing up in rural places like Manitoba, where I live and where I grew up, you hear all the constant stuff where it's like, well, you know, what about in the winter and how far can you go and what are you going to do and blah, 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 blah. And like, is, is that all bullshit or, or, or what's your thoughts on that? I mean, clearly you kind of proved it, didn't you? (laughs) Well, that was it almost a decade ago, right? So almost a decade ago, we proved that you could travel 10,000 kilometers, uh, you know, across the whole nation, the whole continent and, and, and for free Mm -hmm. uh, in a hundred percent zero emission tailpipe car. So, you you know, that's as far as you can go. So, um, you know, free was pretty cool. And then we rolled that out around the world. Right. But, you know, within the next year, we had virtually 99% of all Canadians connected with free EV infrastructure, um, you know, like in 2013 Mm -hmm. about. Um, so uh, 99% of Canadians can actually, you know, connect to family, friends and, um, and colleagues and, um, you know, and travel for free. So pretty cool. And then we had people from the States pulling us down because you couldn't even travel across California, really, um, <laughs> in, in an electric car uh, conveniently, um, not even the short distance across, not, not sure. that, but, you know, and, um, and yeah. that was sort of the electric car mecca of the planet, right? So it's sort of like, well, why didn't these companies just put in charging stations Connected. at least yeah. across all of California, but no one did that. Right. They, they all just focused on their, 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 uh, the chargers, but all uh, very regional. Yeah. But my goal was really just to save Tesla period, you know, full mm-hmm. stop, because I figured if, if, you know, if Tesla survived, it was such a cool car and company that then, uh, other car companies would make electric cars because they would, you know, they would need to, uh, to compete. Right. So that was a strategy. Um, and, but my backup plan in case Tesla went down was to have virtually, you know, 99% of all Canada done so that somebody around the world that was, um, um, that we were still going to do our trip and everything. Right. But, um, but if somebody around the world would, would think about building an electric car, they would just come to Canada. And, hey, why not do it in Canada? The infrastructure is in virtually everywhere yeah. uh, and you can travel for free. So, so that was my backup plan if Tesla disappeared. So, but uh, it did take a lot more uh, than, than I expected, a lot more investment to get this done um, and a lot more years. But, uh, but ultimately, like by the time I felt though that the electric car was safe or Tesla was safe, um, and, uh, and the other car companies were, were moving that direction. Uh, all of my Tesla stock was gone. So, uh, um, you know, I think it'd be worth something like half a billion dollars today if I still had it. or well, zero or zero. So yeah. I don't really, I don't regret it. Um, but, um, because it would, would have been that or zero in my mind and, and yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but so I don't really regret it. Uh, I really feel as though, um, you know, we've, we've really helped, you know, people, um, you know, pay, pay things forward. And, and For I sure. think, um, um, you know, society is better because of it. It's worth at least half a billion dollars for that, I would think. Um, it's 500 <laughs> billion for that, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah it's priceless, right? So yeah. yeah. But so then um, I'm curious. Again, another thing that I often hear people talk about or, or people that are sort of, for some reason, people get really riled up when, when you talk about electric anything, electric vehicles, electric this, electric that, solar panels, um, you know, wind farms, people get really uh, upset and defensive. And one of the things I've seen a bunch is is they try to um, kind of undermine, I guess, undermine the EV kind of market by by discussing 
how how the batteries are difficult to create or dis- difficult to dispose of. So I want to get your thoughts on kind of, you know, is any kind of what part of that is sort of true and sort of how, what are we doing to to dispose of them or handle the the issues with kind of, you know, uh, conflict minerals and, and all the things that kind of go into building the batteries and whatnot? Right. Uh, well, I think I, I think my um, at the end of the day, things are only going to get better. Right. So batteries mm-hmm. are all going to get bigger. They're only going to get greener. Uh, they're only going to get it's only going to get cheaper to drive. You know, like when I started, you know, kilowatt, a kilowatt of battery was like around two grand. Uh, and my goal was to try to get it down to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, today, uh, in about a decade, it's 100 bucks. So yeah. we're not that far from 20. Uh, and at 20, uh, we can change people's lives. And uh, at two dollars, it, it 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 can really save the world, right? Uh, on sure. on a lot of points. But my goal really wasn't just to save the electric car. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to you know make sure the electric car survived because remember 30 years ago you know when i started realizing we need a lot of solutions and and cities need to be completely 100 percent renewably powered you can't really do that without storage without energy storage and so my ultimate goal in in why the electric car had to be saved was because we needed you know uh you know grid storage full stop so so that was really my motivator to make sure the electric car survived Mm -hmm. was to get the grid storage that so I wasn't so much about the electric car. Uh, however, um, you know, uh, you know, transportation, you know, is is yeah, I'll say it's quarter quarter of the global emissions. Um, you know, if we could, you know, make sure the electric car survived, and then and then drove battery storage because it would get really cheap then. And people that had great battery ideas that never developed them because there was really no market before for them before electric cars came. And then, uh, you know, they would develop their ideas and that would disrupt the battery, uh, the battery prices and stuff, but yeah. also the, 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 the environmentally friendliness of them. And so, you know, could we get to $2 a kilowatt? You know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying we can't and, uh, but we're already, you know, down to a hundred from, you know, around two grand. So, sure. um, so it's really moving very quickly and we haven't had any major disruptions on lithium yet. So there'll be, there'll be some other battery storage technologies and they'll get us there. But, um, you know, we need to have a zero emission planet, not in 20, 30, 40 years. We need it like 10 years ago. We're already seeing yeah. the, 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 the issues because of that. So for me, um, you know, like, um, you know, my my uh, I, I'm just getting started, I guess you can say. Right. So we've got a lot, a lot coming. Um, but uh, but nine years ago, I, you know, I wanted to prove to the world that, you know, uh, you know, you can travel, you can have free transportation if you travel in a zero emission vehicle and uh, and they could be faster and sexier than virtually what the critics were saying uh, about them. Um, you know, because most people didn't even believe in them. Uh, but to anyone that did say anything about them, well, they're no good in the coal. Batteries aren't good in the coal. And, and they're like golf carts. So no one would ever do that. <laughs> so, uh, so I believe in aliens more than that. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, to be honest, I think more people have seen, you know, aliens or UFOs or whatever than they, than they had electric cars. So understandably they would believe in that more. Right. Sure. Uh, but for the most part, um, you know, people are inherently good people and it's just a matter of, you know, I don't know if it's just debate or wanting to sound smart. Um, I don't really know, but at the end of the day, batteries are only going to get better and greener and and and, and cheaper. Uh, but we really needed that storage to have a hundred percent renewable uh, grids because if we have a hundred percent renewable grids. We can have you know electric powered heat, mm-hmm. uh, electric air emission homes. You know, not just electrically or air conditioning, but also on the heat front. Uh, we can have zero emission manufacturing plants. Oh yeah, 
already did that, right? So, and processing <laughs> plants and, and biofuel plants and, and even 100% even solar powered oil wells and gas wells and pipelines, like, you know, something's better than nothing. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, if, if these companies, you know, um, are trying to do something, you know, give them credit because it's more For than sure. what most people, uh, most people are doing. Right. And, um, well, it's and, very common, know, sorry, interrupt, but it's very common also for people to say, well, this one small thing won't fix the whole problem. So I'm going to do nothing instead of taking that one to 20 steps, um, to at least try. Um, they'd rather, most people would rather say, well, it's not worth it it's never going to fix it but how are we ever going to get there if you don't take those first 10 20 30 steps right yeah it all starts with that first step and and mm -hmm. it, it is really difficult right but at the end of the day if people would just stop debating it and think about their kids right mm -hmm. um do they want their kids to resent them yes or no that's it <laughs> you know for not doing one little step yeah. Uh, do you want your kids to blame you and resent you and not be there when you're a senior, when you're in an old folks home or you need help and they basically think you've wrecked the whole world or destroyed sure. the whole world or you're not even getting married or having kids because of it? Mm -hmm. That's what you need to think about, not debating with your, your buddies over, well, you know, the, the, the environmental benefits of a battery when they haven't done anything environmental in their whole life. <laughs> you know, like true. that's true. So, so basically what you're what you're doing is 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 is, is if you're really wasting your time. And we don't have a lot of time. So you're really yeah. wasting time debating with those people. The best thing you can do is just show them. And it's not that they're bad people. It's just that for whatever reason in their mind, they need to come up with every single last, uh, um, you know, thing to try to, to try to justify why you're potentially wrong. And maybe it's just, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But at the end of the day, all I know is that I've, I've been moving at a thousand miles an hour for a few decades now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and uh, I'm doing all I can and I put everything on the line and I mean everything. So, um, but uh, at least my kids and, and, you know, um, I'm not home much. Well, I was for COVID, um, yeah. but you know, uh, you know, when I am home, um, you know, they're usually saying, Hey dad, you know, like after a week or so, like, are you going to go out and save some animals? Right. So like, they know what's going to happen with climate change. They know what's going on with species extinction every single day. You yeah. know, we're having like, you know, potentially a hundred plant or animal species die and, and going extinct every single day. Um, I don't want to be responsible for that. So I'm doing everything I can to, to, to prevent that. No, I, I commend you. And, and I'm, I, I've been talking a lot about, or with, with my wife and other people about, I've been thinking about my next new vehicle, whenever that ends up being, will likely be electric. Um, and, um, I've been thinking about that for a while, but I just, that, that always, I like to hear the, the, the people bitching about it. And then I try to be like, wow, like what? What, what part of that holds water you know what i mean so i am curious are are there are there issues with disposing of the batteries i don't i don't actually know is that a concern right. well uh no I, honestly i'm not concerned about it i've been looking at models to, to deal with that so mm. not a problem, right okay. but you can really imagine right if every, uh you know take your podcast for instance right mm -hmm. if you had to like pull start an engine so that your lights would come on and you'd yeah. have to go over to computer behind you and pull pull start it to have it come on and then your microphone you have to pull start it and toss is spewing out and yeah. you know like you're coughing and choking in your room but you know hey uh you know so what's better right and and really your room is really just the world and um and and that's 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 how we can look at it but um um so nine years ago um we proved that that that, that a car could travel um you know over ten thousand kilometers across a whole continent uh, with no tailpipe emissions, um, and it could be faster and sexier, or more beautiful than virtually any critic's car at that mm -hmm. point. Well, 
and uh, you know it could travel with no tailpipe emissions and for free across the whole continent. You know, so how do you just have, okay? Well, it can't travel that fast. Okay, well, fine. Uh, but you know, for every day that you're working for and trying to make your hundred or two hundred dollars, um, you know, I'm I'm on the road. So yeah. you know, if, if if you're gonna you know take off and you're gonna drive for seven days, I'm already seven days down the road. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. still working trying to generate the money to pay for the gas, right? Uh, <laughs> so you can't really say the electric cars are slower going back at that point. Um, but our latest trip across uh, uh, Canada from St. John's, Newfoundland to Victoria, BC. Oh, froze up. Oh, is he coming back? Is he coming back? I don't know. <laughs> it might just be me by myself. Oh, oh, he's frozen in a really funny stance. Oh, oh, he's muted. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, he's back. Yeah, awesome. Back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we go across the whole continent. Uh, the same route, the route, you know, basically from St. John's, Newfoundland to Victoria, BC, kilometer zero to mile zero, um, and uh, and did it in basically four four days and a few hours if you take out ferry time. Pretty crazy mm -hmm. in a car. So that that proves an electric car can travel faster than any sane person would want to travel in a gas car, right? So yeah. uh, you know, can you charge up in five minutes? It doesn't matter. What it does matter is you can travel across whole uh, the whole you know the whole country the whole continent way faster than you would ever want to in a gas vehicle. And uh, in Northern Ontario, I realized that you know it was wee hours in the morning, and I realized that I I haven't passed a gas station with their with their sign on. Obviously, no kiosks, no pumps and lights or anything for like many hundreds of kilometers. And yet we've charged up, charged up. <laughs> yeah. So, so then I got thinking, you know what? it's not even safe to travel across the country in a gas vehicle compared to electric, mm -hmm. right? So uh, funnier than that, uh, uh, about another hour out of town, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, there is, uh, you know, my, my co-pilot, um, a Harvey, uh, I, I was just, I was just sleeping and, uh, and he said, Hey, look at that. And I looked up and here it was the wolf eating something on the side of the road. And he goes, did you see what it was eating? And I said, I'm thinking it might have been a gas driver that ran out of gas a while ago because all the gas stations started walking. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's totally true. I've driven back. I've driven back from Saskatoon. What's Saskatoon? Uh, home. But we had to go through Regina. Took the number one, and basically anything after 10 p.m. everything was closed, or or maybe not 10 p.m. But it was it. It was a bit sketchy. Yeah. We weren't sure we were going to make it back. Uh, we we're driving someone's van back and stuff. And and I think it's also important to acknowledge that very often the messaging about renewable um, resources and and going clean and being sustainable it always seems to be as it should be on a personal level on a you and I what we can do ourselves, which is great and that's wonderful. But it's very seldom makes its way all the way up to the corporate level where most emissions are coming from. So I, I commend you for even taking that step to try and um, prove out that you can actually make um, sustainable manufacturing, sustainable supply chain, sustainable all this, because it so often feels like it, it gets lost, you know, in, in the, I don't know, in the rhetoric, you know? Yeah, in the, in the debate. Yeah, so it's just way easier to just to not even talk to anybody about it, just do it. <laughs> and just show people that it's possible, right? You know, the best way to drive electric vehicles is to buy one and have one in your neighborhood and park it outside. And uh, the neighbors will come around and they go, hey, this is pretty cool. What is this thing? Hey, let's go for a drive. And they're going, Psh, and they're 
they're going electric after that. And then what happens is, that, you know, if they're male, they're, they, they, they typically buy the car and then the wife starts driving it and she starts loving it and then she takes yeah. the car and then the male's stuck <laughs> in the gas car again. So that's typically yeah. the, the trend. Um, but, uh, um, but you know, the, the best way to do it is, is forget about debating. It doesn't get us mm -hmm. anywhere. Uh, it just divides people. The best thing is just to just go ahead and just start um, you know, my, my son just got into vermiculture with worms, right? Because, mm. um, you know, they have some rabbits and they have a lot of litter. So it's like, hey, okay, well, you know, hey, if we got worms, they could eat the litter. And then that would turn it to like uh, fertilizer. And then, and then he goes, then I could sell the fertilizer. And then I can get all the neighbors to bring all their food waste over it. And I can turn it all into, you know, <laughs> a fertilizer and, and good soil that, and yeah. talent. And I'm going, no, 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 you're not bringing over the neighbor's uh, food waste. But in theory, yet. that's great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely already a better business person than I am, right? I give everything <laughs> for free. He actually knows how to make money. So, yeah, yeah, smart, smart. The next generation, they'll save us all. Um, but yeah, yeah so, so then, uh, sorry, onto onto your you had mentioned briefly, and I wanted to really touch on this as well. Um, the reason we even got connected was because I had heard about. Um, you said his name was Harvey, if I'm heard right, right? Harvey, um, yes. Yeah, so basically, Marianne's electric drive. You just did the 2.0. Um, I was reading his, his blog. And so basically <clears throat> the way I understand it was that, uh, actually I can read it here right from the, sure. right from yeah. the blog. Um, so basically Marianne's electric drive is named after my, uh, Harvey's late wife, Marianne. We were both wanting to visit Newfoundland by driving across Canada in a new electric car. Unfortunately, our dream was curtailed due to her losing her battle with cancer in 2018. So the following summer, I decided to do the trip on my own with Marianne with me in spirit and always in my heart. Um, so then he took his Audi uh, e-tron fully electric SUV from Victoria Island all the way to St. John's, the way I understand it, um, which, again, at the time, I don't think it's being done that often, unless unless you're you. <laughs> so it's it's well, still... Actually, uh, you know, a lot of people have done it, actually. And, now, uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, when he did that trip, he did it on our charging network because we're still the only charging network that you can drop the whole country on, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's great. And and I, I really wanted to touch on it just because he's also raising money in doing so um, towards Parkinson's research, which was very near and dear to his wife. The way I understand um, was his wife's um, passion there. Um, so how was that ride, riding with Harvey going through, doing it again? So you did it once already in your little Tesla Roadster. How is it now doing it in a, I guess, in an SUV? Well, first of all, I will I will say that uh, we I've actually driven it many times. Mm. Uh, we actually did an electric vehicle race right after um, uh, we did the Trans World Song Screen Highway project because um, I was told by some of my team members uh, across the country that some people put this in even though they didn't expect a electric vehicle to show up. You know, not even me mm. in mind, but, um, uh, but they just didn't expect they they just did the right thing, right? And um, and I, and then I knew that you know they would have a lot of critics in their town. Um, and because uh, they're the new village idiot and, uh, and I really wanted to support them because, uh, you know, there's very few people willing to go out and, and risk that reputational uh, uh, hit. And uh, and so as far as I'm concerned, those those guys are champions and people are champions in my heart and uh, you need to protect your champions. And uh, and yeah, so I created the world's, uh, uh, you know, um, the longest um, uh, infrastructure EV race. Right. So. Um, um, so yeah, it was a 30 day race. It was called the amazing race and it was an annual event and it was a 30 day race and you got points for hitting the most sun country highway chargers. 
And, uh, and so we had lots of people go across the whole country, right? Um, and uh, really amazing stuff. And um, um, yeah, so, but when they were traveling across the country, they're also spending money. So at restaurants and hotels and shopping and tourist, uh, you know, things. So, of course. so, so this is a great economic development driver. It's a great tourism driver, like most municipalities spend a lot of money on economic development and tourism. Um, all they need to do is put in some charging stations and allow people to travel there for free. And they will, you know, you put in charging stations and if you offer it for free, you will attract uh, electric cars and economic um, 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 benefits, um, you know, like bees to hunt. And yeah. so really that's it. So, so, um, so going back to Harvey's situation, yeah, he wanted to drive across the country with his wife and, and, uh, and she passed away before he could do it. So he, instead of turtling uh, and doing nothing, he actually said, I'm going to do this. Right. So he did that. And that was a couple of years ago. And that's how he got connected with me because he was, you know, reaching out saying, thank you so much for everything you've done. Uh, you've allowed me to make this, make this possible and honor my wife and, uh, and the charity. And then, and then, um, and then uh, a, a bunch of months ago, he reached out and said he would like to travel across the country again. And on, on the, the new charging stations, the second generation chargers uh. that vehicle up and say a half an hour. And, um, and um, so, uh, so he said, you know, I have a friend uh, um, who, uh, who, um, you know, might be able to come and hit, that's Andrew McCready. He's an automotive journalist, you know, salt to the earth, awesome guy out of BC. Um, and, um, but he said, he may not be able to come. And I was just wondering, do you know of anybody that you would recommend? And, and, uh, and so I said, well, uh, you know, Andrew would be awesome. Um, but, uh, but I said, if, if, uh, if you want, if, if, you know, are you willing to drive crazy fast? And he, and he was like, yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll, sit, I'll tell you what I will, well, not crazy fast, fast, like illegal. I'm just like, I drive across the country fast, right? Yeah. So no stopping. And um, and so um, because if so, and you're willing to go all the way from you know St. John's Newfoundland to Victoria, uh, and uh, then then let's do it, and let's get a world record out of it, and let's do it in a few days, and um, and let's just uh, shatter that final myth that's been or not myth, but the final barrier which has been there for forever. Um, uh, but, uh, it was the last barrier that I didn't shatter nine years ago, uh, mm. globally pertaining to the electric car, which was, you can travel super fast. Right. And, um, and faster, basically fa as fast or faster than, than, than you would ever want to travel in a gas vehicle. Um, and, and so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. And I said, like, you know, with my experience that I have, and we've had, you know, <laughs> probably a couple thousand deadlines of we needed to drive to make sure we, we got there to the right of media event, because again, we needed the media to spread the word around the world. And, um, and so um, I've had a lot of experience in that. Plus we did the, the three amazing races across the nation. And um, so I, I learned a lot from that. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and so uh, that's why I said, okay, let's do this. And let's put this final, final um, uh, barrier to rest and sh shatter that glass ceiling, you know, um, uh, blow down that barrier. And, and then after this, I'm virtually done on the, you know, uh, in regards to shattering the mist, uh, holding back the electric card, most yeah. people, consumers heads uh, around the world. And then that, that was really what we do was just um, prove you can travel continent in like four days. Like the widest what was the previous the record? I don't think anyone's done it that before. Well, let's say let's say a month, uh, like on our charging station, right? It took us a month. Um, yeah. However, we could have went faster than that. Uh, well, uh, uh, you know, in the summer, uh, but uh, um, but yeah. So before, I think the fastest you could do it, you know, really would have been 
you know, a few weeks uh, from all the way from St. John's all the way through. Um, uh, but so there was really no fast chargers in Newfoundland, right? So it wasn't really possible to do it before we did our trip. And uh, so they were just installed a few weeks in Newfoundland, across Newfoundland before we did that. So um, um, uh, so there hasn't been too many that have went all the way from St. John's, Newfoundland to Victoria, BC. There's been a lot from New York to LA, but that's like almost half the distance, right? So uh, like St. John's, Newfoundland, it's near Greenland. <laughs> it's, a yeah. long way. it's almost near Iceland and almost near Europe, right? Like when you come out of the bay, uh, you know, that we launched from, like you're, you're, you're into the vast you know uh like it's almost like you're naked out there because there's nothing you know for you know um um you know for thousands of kilometers right it's just water and uh, so ultimately so going back to harvey uh, so that's what we did and um you know i said okay well let's get some you know let, we'll try to get some media attention on it we'll support it and uh, you know i called i you know uh, i i notified best western of it and i didn't even send a, a real presentation i just it was basically like a text and they, uh, four hours later, they said, yep, we'll sponsor it. <laughs> I love that. No, but that, yeah, you know, but most, most companies would have to have a monster presentation yeah. and, you know, like it'd be months. And uh, it was basically like a text or a short email uh, without really, you know, much data on it at all. Uh, you know, a few sentences and they said, yeah, let's do it. We'll sponsor it. So, uh, so that was great. And uh, even though we weren't staying in their hotels, it shows, you know, it was great that they sponsored They're behind it. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they, you know, we, they sponsor the hotels at the front in the end, but we weren't doing anything in the middle. So we weren't, and we weren't going to get them any media exposure, right? Because we we're just going too fast. Um, <laughs> you know, we'd stop at a spot and we'd be gone in a half an hour and uh, we didn't know exactly when we were going to get there. Um, and so wherever we stopped, that's where we got some water, uh, mm. a washroom and some, some food, and then we're gone. Um, and, uh, you know, those chargers are so fast for the most part. Um, you know, across the country uh, that, uh, you know, a lot of the times I was, I was forcing down my burger or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I eat fast. So, uh, but it was just, it was really, really an amazing journey. And, um, and that, uh, that charity of, of Harvey's wife, uh, Harvey's been sponsoring it since, or, you know, supporting it since. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that charity, uh, there's a fellow called Dr. Honey and um, he's uh, developed a, um, um, a solution that, uh, that can be, uh, he basically trains other doctors around the world okay. and those doctors then can sh you know can help people and can change their entire lives right like you know where where they're completely basically shut down can't do much at all or anything at all uh to to be able to actually have an awesome life and um and so you know it's pretty cool because it, again it's another pay it forward model and uh and i really uh really uh, was excited you know once i heard the story uh, to uh, start promoting uh, Dr. Honey and uh, and the charity there, uh, which basically goes out and educates doctors around the world, who goes out and change changes people's lives around the world and gives them a life, and and uh, and that's pretty cool. No, oh, uh, yeah, and I'm, I was reading it here that um, yeah, Harvey's wife Marianne had suffered a life threatening um, brain aneurysm, which she fully recovered from thanks to the emergency brain surgery performed by Dr. Chris Honey of Vancouver General Hospital. So. Yeah, kudos to to him. Kudos to um, Harvey and and Marianne, of course, to um, to kind of further the goal. And kudos to you for kind of being a part of that and getting getting more exposure. Um, and kudos yeah, to no, you for, for actually reaching out. So thank you very much. <laughs> no, not at all. We we're we're a couple of morons that that make a podcast, but we try to do what we can to try and I don't know further conversations about things people might not be talking about, and that's sort of half the fun. Um, right. But. Uh, 
so again, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I think we. Oh yeah, I wanted to confirm. So you you legit got the for for sure world record. There's no uh, like it's documented somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a fever world records. Um, so um, and um, and that's that's um, that's um, all about electric ve- uh, electric vehicle uh, records mm-hmm. and uh, from bikes to scooters to, to cars and name it right. So. Um, you know, his, his, his plan there is to try to just um, um, really uh, get people doing crazy things and awesome things uh, with electric vehicles and promoting electric vehicles. So that's a, a fever world record. And, um, and yeah, so, you know, there's all I can say is that is there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of amazing things. And uh, you're coming from Manitoba, the Manitoba Electric Vehicle Association there. Um, you know, those guys, those, those people are rock stars. Um, and, you know, the uh, they've been just uh, they're donating their time and have have been for a long time and uh, and they're just trying to help people and and there's other EV associations all over the world and uh, there's Tesla EV associations and then there's just regular EV associations um, but you know all of these people are like I don't think anyone or hardly anyone's ever getting paid out of this uh, it's all donated time from all really inspired individuals um, globally that are just trying to make a difference. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's it, you know, um, um, they're, you know, they, they, they did one thing or, or, or many things to move things forward. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of governments aren't really supporting electric vehicles, um, uh, like, uh, Manitoba, um, is exporting power into the U S for, you know, a few cents, a kilowatt, but they could be dumping it into electric vehicles and mm-hmm. selling it for, for 10 cents a kilowatt. Right. And then that, then they wouldn't have to charge Manitobans, um, uh, as high of, sales tax or, or, or uh, income tax if they could actually you know um, uh, power up their vehicles and allow them to travel with no emissions because manitoba really doesn't have much of an oil or gas industry or refining industry no, exactly. um, they, they exp- export the power for you know a couple cents in, into the u.s when that could be sold for like five times more um, uh, across manitoba into all their electric vehicles there and that would save manitobans um, you know 60 70 80 Maybe ninety percent of their um, of their um, transportation bills, right? So, and then um, down but, the line, that helps save the environment, which is kind of what we want. <laughs> yeah, and, and lowers the carbon emissions. So I don't know why Manitoba hasn't done anything like that, but it, but right now they have a conservative government. But before this, they had an, uh, an NDP government or socialist yeah. government, and uh, and they didn't do it either, right? So you know, you really can't say you can't bring political parties uh, into this. Um, it's just that uh, you know most of them aren't doing it, um, and you can't really shut down you know, things um, and go hardcore and say, hey, we got to shut this part of the economy down tomorrow. Yeah. You can't really do that because it, it's you're not going to have the credibility uh, to be able to you know come out and get support. And and that's sort of too bad because a lot of these people that are just, you know, trying to say, hey, we need to cut this off completely now. You know, they're really passionate, caring people. They're trying to, you know, save the world. But but there's, you know, there's processes. And yeah. uh, the one thing you don't want to do is 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 um, is, is lose that credibility. Um, and, um, and it's, um, you know, it's sort of too bad. Like the green party is uh, very inspired individuals, but, um, you know, their, their numbers dropped, uh, in the last election and, mm-hmm. um, it shows that, you know, you have to have a balance, you know, if you have a balance of every decision you make as an economic benefit, a social benefit and an environmental benefit and an environmental benefit that actually helps, uh, save biodiversity and, and, and prevent plants and animals from going extinct to the tune of maybe a hundred a day around the world. Um, you know, if, if everything we did had that formula, yeah. not one, not the other, all of them put together, 
um, you know, we can change the world super fast. And, and that's what I've been focusing on that on that formula that I created like 30 years ago um, um, across the board. And, and, um, and the great thing about it is, is, is the far left or the far right sort of will agree to that. Um, the greens to the non-greens will will agree to that. <laughs> yeah, um, because it's about saving money, saving time, saving you know, helping to you know spend more time with their kids or their family. Uh, you know, reducing divorce rates. Uh, you know, um, and reducing carbon emissions and to not having you know fish coming out of the Lake Ontario with three eyes and yeah. and you know this sort Seems of thing. Like and win, win, win. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that is because you know of, of what we're putting in the air and what we're putting in the in the water. Um, and what we're putting in the soil. And so, um, um, you know, no one's perfect. Uh, we're all hypocrites and, uh, and, 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 and so am I, right? Like, um, uh, no one really likes being called a hypocrite, uh, but, <laughs> but they all are. But anybody and, that's a realist kind of knows that just living, you're very often a hypocrite. It's, it, how, it's basically how often do your, do your actions match your ethics, you know, and it's, it's often it doesn't at all, or you 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 know talk a good talk, but whether or not you actually walk that same walk, it's it's uh sometimes it's a bit performative, and I get that. Um, but even- now I will say I will say on that though, um, kids see it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Parents have no idea how much kids take in, mm-hmm. and kids can see the hypocrisy way better than we do because we justify it. <laughs> yeah, we rationalize it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They don't have the data to be able to rationalize it, right? They yeah. just see the parents saying one thing and doing another. They see mm-hmm. them criticizing some people, but yet they're doing the doing exact the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, <laughs> the kids see it, and and um, you know the last thing that uh, you want to do is there's you know I think the most parents want to be is a hypocrite in their kids' eyes. Mm-hmm. Nope, that checks out. Um, but even that, as you're saying, with we 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 kind of need to. Like, yeah, follow the processes and, and take the steps instead of because it's very often the messaging seems to be in the rhetoric is often or at least it's perceived as being we're stopping oil now and we're going to go green now. And so then all the oil people are like, hey, whoa, 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 hey, that's stupid. You're not doing that. And then even the green people are like, well, is it even possible to do that right now? You know, so it's kind of we need to, like you say, take a measured approach as quickly as possible to try and get ahead, you know, as, as much ahead as we can. But we can't just lop off a limb <laughs> and and hope it grows back right away right so yeah yeah no exactly exactly and and at the end of the day you know there's people working in these industries and they're just trying to support their family mm-hmm. good people right and, yeah. to, and to and to be able to to uh for, for 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 me being a hypocrite to chastise them who are simply trying to put food on the table and look out in a, in a roof over their kids heads um and maybe donate to charities or you know uh, help other people out like as a hypocrite, who am I to chastise them? You know, and uh, you know, uh, you know, if I wasn't a hypocrite, then it'd be no problem. But but everyone needs the oil and gas industry for all the products that we buy. You know, look at this. You know, <laughs> yep. uh, this is something that I I, I got um, you know at the airport, and um, you know, uh, just because of rules, you really can't bring water into the airport. So. Um, you know, and so here I am, you know, talking about, you know, saving the world and, uh, you know, I've got this, right. But uh, yeah. I, I had plans for that stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you do. I believe it. Before I let you go, what is, in your opinion, the best EV on the market today? The best EV on the market today is an EV that, um, that allows people to travel. For- <laughs> 
just hedging a bit there, eh? Come on, come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, you know, I, I will, I will, I will expand this a little bit. So we have to be very careful that we just don't look at EVs and don't look at the charging infrastructure and how fast we can charge them. Because if you want to do that and you want to charge a vehicle as fast as you fill up a car, mm-hmm. that's the wrong way of looking at it. You don't want to fill up your vehicle in five minutes. Why? Because the battery technology to do that is going to be really expensive and it's going to take forever. To, well, not forever. It's going to take longer to get. Uh, it's coming. Um, but if we if we want to do that and have those basically charging stations or pumps all over the place, that you can charge your vehicle in five minutes. It's really not going to be awesome for a grid. And then we're going to have to upgrade our grid uh, so that making our toast in the morning is going to cost more money. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we have to be cautious about, you know, balance and, and looking beyond the charger beyond the the uh, the car and beyond the the uh, the, uh, the transportation general in industry or, or really the, the the electrical industry completely, and very few people understand it all the way through from the power generation all the yeah, way. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's very yeah. important that we don't do that. And the nice thing about offering uh, free charging at your business is um, if people are getting free charging, you know, and and uh, they don't need to, you know, we have charging stations that we sell people to. Uh, that they can charge money for um, uh, to to charge up people's cars, no problem. Sure. But but um, but we don't want everyone owning a charger that can charge up vehicles in five minutes because then our whole grid is going to have to be upgraded, and that's going to put more pressure, financial pressure on people, and it's not going to be you know great for the society or great for the environment. So we have to balance that, right? And that's that formula that that I go back to. We have to have an economic benefit, a social benefit, an environmental benefit, and a biodiversity benefit. Sure. And uh, if we look at that, um, and we have charging at, at, at the banks, you know, if you want to attract people uh, to your credit union or to your bank, put in some charging stations to allow people to charge up there because you're yeah. going to save these bacon that needed a charge. And they're going to be thinking, my bank's not doing this when they're sitting in front of, you know, at your bank or, or, or even just down the road if you've sponsored some chargers. Um, they're going to be going like, uh, my bank's not doing this. Uh, my hotel's not doing this. You know, they, you know, the ho- my hotel chain that I normally go to, my restaurants that I normally go to, my municipality, my community isn't doing this, right? And, um, you know, if you look at PEI, um, you know, they were pretty bleak, um, um, you know, um, a decade ago. And, you know, they were one of the hottest economies in North America, um, you know, coming into COVID. And, uh, and they probably would have been a half province, I would say, by, by this year um, if COVID didn't happen, right? And, and really, a lot of that's just putting a spotlight on a place and showing that, you know, you can travel the whole place for free and with zero carbon emissions and maybe 100% renewable. And, you know, very few places in the world can you do that. And I think that's why, you know, why... Um, you know, I was talking to James uh, James Hart uh, here earlier, and uh, and he he was talking about you know how he typically looks for Best Western hotels because you know uh, it wasn't the brand that he always used to stay at, um, and uh, you know he you know could get a hotel maybe a bit cheaper, uh, but at the end of the day he he typically looks for Best Western now because sure. uh, they we have a charger it's typically free to use, and uh, and he wants to support people that are making a difference, and 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 so. You know, Best Western has that brand because a lot of Best Westerns did that, um, and um, and uh, and all hotels will have to do it. Um, you know, the, because the car makers are stopping gas vehicles, right? So they're they're going to be only making electric vehicles, and you know, some of them in five or ten or well, yeah. right now actually, some are only making electric vehicles. But uh, but the, the the traditional global automakers, a lot of them are are switching over completely. And that they've already, you know, given their de- uh, deadlines for for when they would stop uh, uh, making gas vehicles. For sure. 
Okay, so that's a great answer. But I want to know what <laughs> car would you like? The, even just a brand. It doesn't have to be a specific model. What's what's your what's your cream of the crop? If you're gonna buy tomorrow, what EV would you recommend? If I'm gonna buy tomorrow, let's say because it's me, I don't have one yet, and I'm thinking yeah. of getting one. Which one would you? Or what say your top three? So you don't have to piss anybody off. What, who what uh, would you recommend? That- yeah, well, no, it depends on on everyone, right? And, and, uh, and they're not. <laughs> no, it depends on nothing. It depends yeah. on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on the budget, number one, right? Let's just so, say top yeah. top tier, whatever. Say money's no object. What's what's the best on the market? Oh man, uh, the best on the market right now is a vehicle that can charge um, at uh, at uh, you know two hundred two hundred fifty kilowatts con- continuously. Um, you know, I don't want to make any enemies here because people love their electric cars. And of course, and cars. and this is all prefaced to say, or we can all preface it by saying, if you own an EV and you love it, wonderful. I'm not trying to poo-poo anybody's. I'm not yucking anybody's yum. I'm just curious what uh, what what the what the green energy guy would recommend for a green energy car. Right, right. Well, well, the Tesla Roadster was 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 a supercar. Uh, it was like a go-kart, you know, it, it was raw. It was really beautiful. Um, the only vehicle I can say that had that rawness and the refinement of a really high-end luxury vehicle uh, that, uh, I, I, you know, that I've driven, and I, and I haven't driven them all, right? So I can't really, you know, um, um, uh, give you an, an educated answer on this. But well, we're the uh, two idiots. It doesn't have to be educated at all. <laughs> what I've driven. Uh, so on this trip going across the country, um, you know, uh, we were charging at 150 kilowatts, pretty much all the way to 80% of the car, which is or the battery, which is amazing. And then when it dropped down, we were still charging at almost at like the final 1% faster than the first, you know, than, than a lot of 50 kilowatt charging stations that are right there today that that, that are say 50 or 100 grand to, to install, right? So those those chargers are basically um, gone now. Uh, they're basically dinosaurs. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be putting one of those in right now uh, for, for, for a revenue generator. Sure. Um, so, um, uh, but when I was on this trip I, I, in Moncton at the, uh, at the Audi dealer, I did take out a, um, a Audi GT. Um, so that's sort of like the Tesla Model S is which what I have. And, um, um, but it's, it's, it, it, the experience is really neat. The experience was like the Tesla Roadster, the rawness and that, the edginess, the, the responsiveness, and and the light the lightweightness of it, um, but with the refinement of a a hundred year old uh, auto company. And, Ooh, that's um, a nice so, car. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, it drives better than what it looks. It's it looks beautiful, but it drives better. And uh, that one there can charge, um, you know, almost at three hundred kilowatts. So that's almost twice as fast as what we charged at. When we were traveling across the country faster than any uh, idiot would ever want to travel across the country <laughs> in any car, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so um, you know, I haven't driven the new Tesla Plaid, which is supposed to be crazy. And there's, there's like, you know, so many auto companies are really coming up with amazing things. Um, you know, I was in a Porsche, but I was uh, last week a Taycan, but I wasn't driving it. Um, and um, but, but the best, best one that I've driven. Uh, would be the Audi GT, and it wasn't even their full um, uh, four-wheel steering type type um, uh, yeah. car. 
It looks um, so low profile. Like it, I could see it really hugging the road real well. That'd be, I would get, I would get a dangerous amount of tickets in that car. Um, <laughs> well, all I know is that Harvey was doing a review because he goes, "Hey, I'm coming," and I said, "That's cool." So he was, he had the uh, his phone there. He's doing an, uh, a review. So, hey, what do you think of this? Right. So I was like, "Oh, it's pretty cool." And it's like, "Wow, this is about the handling of the roadster," but yet the refinement of something amazing. And uh, and then I hit the gas, and then he. He threw out a word that uh, obviously it went from. Oh, he glitched out again, right at the end. <laughs> it's always frozen right on his, his great facial expressions. I don't know if you can still hear me or not, but it's a great picture. <laughs> we'll see if he comes back again real quick. <laughs> Come on, Kent. Come on. Come on. But yeah. Oh, shit. Zoom itself closed. Well, that's interesting. That's new. Recording um, in progress. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to have to... I'm going to quickly invite him again. Uh, because I've never had that happen before. But it literally... So, I don't know... Oh, here he is. Um, he's reconnecting here. So while he's doing that, <clears throat> hey, look at that! I don't. Zoom just crashed. I've never had that happen to me before. Oh, that's funny. Well, there's a there's a big party next door. You know, uh, Ed Vegas get that right. So uh, <laughs> it's big oil. Big oil knows what we're talking about. So they're like, hey, shut this down. Shut it down. <laughs> or Tesla was like, hey, he's repping the the Audi. We gotta we gotta. Uh, yeah, no, no, we got to shut this down. There's something going on, yeah. But, uh, you know, I can say that, uh, you know, uh, Suncor uh, invited me up to, to the oil sands to try to see how they could, you know, become more sustainable, reduce carbon emissions. Petro-Canada, you know, we we uh, really, you know, uh, Suncor, you know, was really, you know, pushing to get Petro-Canada to, to get the charging stations, even, even though they own, you know, they were out of Ontario. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Suncor, you know, has, has been doing a lot, you know, of trying to make a difference. And, uh, you know, I will say that, you know, uh, they, they do uh, put out, you know, probably more emissions, I would think, than, than any, any other oil company in Canada. But yet they've, but, but per, per capita, per rate, you know, the ratio I think would be way lower. So they actually have a, a sort of a rebel, a rebel uh, attitude in the, in the oil industry as being always the, the green guy and, you know, that you know, they're always pushing that. So, so, you know, um, so, you know, which, you know, um, you got, you got to give their, your hat off to them, I guess, for, for at least doing that. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they were the first national oil uh, or gas, uh, you know, Petro Canada was the first gas retailer in the world that offered free EV charging years ago with our chargers. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really cool. Um, and, um, you know, yeah, we can all do better. Um, and uh, we shouldn't really throw stones. Um, True. Um, yeah. Well, sometimes you can throw stones. But let's <laughs> not throw so many stones that we can't see what we're throwing at anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to driving everyone's electric vehicle, just so you're aware. <laughs> and, uh, and I can say that there's soon an electric vehicle for everybody because uh, the electric yeah. pickup trucks, when they come out, um, you're going to see the Midwest and the prairies um, uh, really adopt electric vehicles like crazy, um, mm -hmm. you know, where typically it's been the coast of, of the continent and uh, that has been really bringing in the electric vehicles, right? And I'm excited uh, for the trucks. I want to get one, actually, a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so excited about them. And then we've uh, we've now got a, a metro bus solution. I've just put one of those together in the last year, or so uh, it's it's going to you know really uh, uh, increase the adoption of electric um, uh, uh, city buses uh, globally uh, very quickly. And um, and I've got a lot of new new things coming there. It's it's really exciting. It's really exciting times um for people that are really stressed out and freaking out because of climate change right because yeah. um you know it, it just takes a little bit to empower these people and then they they go out and they uh they uh, uh you know shout it to the rest of the world right of course and and again once once you have a nice fancy car even if you're you know getting weird side eyes sometimes you it's still at the very least you, you know you're turning heads and it's a conversation starter and i hope we can keep moving that conversation forward speaking of doing so Let's end this one. So <clears throat> we've been, you know, we've been talking now for an hour and a half, and I don't want to. Uh, I need to let you go party in Vegas. You, you're there now. You got to go take advantage. Um, so before you go, th- well, first of all, thank you for for all the information for for doing what you've done to kind of further the goal um, <clears throat> to try and move along the green initiative and, and the sustainability and all that. Um, and so then, you got anything you want to plug before before you you head out? um well thanks for that um so yeah there's lots i guess to plug um um, no pun intended hey (laughs) (laughs) exactly um so um i i can't speak highly enough for for all the people in all the companies and the car companies that have adopted you know Mm -hmm. the electric vehicle has been really difficult and um and and the people that have been uh championing their causes in the municipalities um in the in utilities in in the hotels and the restaurants um you know like um uh, there's there, there, it's 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 really difficult to champion something that's never been done before in an organization because if you're wrong there's there's typically somebody there willing to jump on and capitalize on it because they want your job right and, and especially so, in an old industry like like utility or power or whatever it's very very difficult to be the, the one guy saying hey maybe let's try this and everybody's like hey shut up yeah well you know like um um uh, you know we're i really don't you know like uh, you know i'm at the best western conference hey you know what um here we go uh so mgm i have no affiliation with them whatsoever but they installed a six million kilowatt system here which uh is enough to power about a thousand homes and it Mm -hmm. does about 20 percent of their hotel and um and that's good you know it's a good start um Mm -hmm. that's a lot of power um, and at the end of the day, do they use that lots of lights? Yeah, I think so. Uh, do they need it? Uh, maybe not, but at least, but you know, if they go to hundred percent solar powered, does it really matter if they're using, uh, you know, all these lights and, uh, you know, so at least they're doing something right. So is it good for the birds, all the lights? Well, maybe not, but you know, uh, well, it's good. Uh, but you know what, where I'm going with it is at least they're trying and they're yeah. heading down that road and you have to give them credit for that. And, um, you know, I can't, um, I can't speak highly enough about the champions in these companies, um, these municipalities and, um, um, you know, that, that, that put in the first chargers, uh, that, that believed in, in my vision and, um, and, and my initiative and, um, and yeah, I can't thank them enough because at the end of the day, like they're, they're true heroes. And, and, and once I get some time, I really do want to go back and, and visit with them and, and let mm-hmm. them know and their families know and uh, how, how influential uh, they, they, they should be because they basically change the world as far as I'm Absolutely. concerned. So, well, send um, them this episode. They can listen to the shout out. They can, they can feel really happy about themselves. They'll wait for you to show back up and um, 
you know, you can, you can arrange that. Um, also, and, and then Northwestern, uh, this is their conference, right? So yeah. I will give them a shout out because uh, they've they've always been on the edge of doing things to try to make a difference. Their their slogan is 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 uh, we care, um, and uh, and so uh, they're not being hypocritical at all in that slogan. They really mm -hmm. do care, and um, and they really love the free EV charging model. Yeah, I stayed yeah. at Best Western for three weeks recently, so I can speak also pretty highly of Best Western. Their breakfast was quite good. Um, so again, also before we head out, a quick, another quick shout out to to Harvey and um, and his goal to raise money for Parkinson's. Um, so definitely go to I'll I'll be linking all this stuff in the in the show notes and whatever else so people can donate. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out, Marianne's Electric Drive. Give it a Google. You can you can find everything you need to find and uh, donate to Dr. Honey's um, initiatives and all that. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're. Oh, how do you pronounce Harvey's last name? Soicher. Yes. Hey, you nailed so it. Wow, that, that's impressive. Uh, very <laughs> Look at very me. Good. Look at me. Yeah, yeah. You're one of the normally... most intelligent people I've ever met in my entire life. You nailed that one. So, uh, <laughs> Is that, that's yeah, all it takes to cross, right? That, that's the bar I need to clear. Um, yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, a dollar, you know, a few dollars to that charity uh, will, mm -hmm. will make a big difference because, uh, you know, the, uh, Dr. Honey uses that to educate other doctors around the world. And then they go out there and change people's lives. So, um, you know, you can feel as though, you know, by donating to that charity that you've, um, that you've, um, that you're maybe changing lives every day. It's pretty cool. I love that. Love that. Like I said, that's kind of the under, the under goal of the, this show started as just me and my buddy Randy shooting the shit and we've tried to make it into, yeah, we're kind of furthering good things, hopefully. Yeah. And then also yeah. being goofy uh, and stupid. So um, I, I love it. I love it. No, it's, uh, it's really <laughs> nice to meet, uh, you know, two peas in the pod. Well, one, one P anyway. So, uh, you're yeah, in the pod yeah. regardless again, no yeah, pun well, intended. Well. I'm on a roll today. I'm on a roll today. Um, <laughs> well, well, hopefully one day you can accept me in your group because, uh, you know, I really appreciate everything that you're doing Absolutely. and, uh, you, you could be out, uh, uh, doing all different types of things and yet you know you're here trying to um trying to to help people out there uh some you'll never meet and uh some you'll never know but uh you're still going to help them and you're going to help change their lives so really well, do appreciate it and uh and uh yeah I, I really have a lot of respect for people like you so thank that's you very kind that's very kind thank you um so definitely next time you're in winnipeg let me know we'll uh, we'll meet up have a beer we can start our own vegas party at the best western plus in headingley um, <laughs> yeah, we have chargers actually, you know. So, uh, exactly. but we also have them in the Hilton and a bunch of others in in Winnipeg. You know, we have a lot of really good, uh, really good uh, people there. So, yeah, thank sorry, you. folks, check it up. Uh, but awesome, man. Well, thanks again for for joining me. This this was fun. Um, yeah, hope you hope you enjoy your your stay in Vegas. I think I will. <laughs> awesome, man. Cheers. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, all right. All right. No, it's just me. So, normally, as as usual, I'm not good at doing these outros all by my lonesome. <clears throat> um, but anyway, we'll see how it goes. Because Randy was uh, this was super. This was super last minute, um, but uh, we tried to set it up so Randy wasn't able to join because you know he's a busy guy. He's a busy guy, and I'm not. So, <laughs> I spent my afternoon watching Transformers. That's what I did. So. And actually setting up the new studio. So hopefully that will be ready soon. And you, you can sort of see it in the background if I ever... Well, this video will never probably see the light of day. So just take my word for it that uh, I'm setting up the new studio. I'm going to be posting um, a video on our social media when it's up. Um, but yeah, so I hope you enjoyed my chat with, with Kent Rathwell. 
the dude's lived a pretty interesting life. Um, oh, I think, is he calling me right now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so definitely go and, and, um, and check out all his, all his stuff. Oh, he was giving me a call. I'm not sure why. Um, wow. Well, I didn't answer it, so. <laughs> but definitely check out all the initiatives there. If you're if you're a business that's listening to this and you want to install um, an EV charger um, somewhere in Canada or maybe you're elsewhere, um, definitely go to to his website and check out all of that. Get uh, SunCountryHighway.ca. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about Harvey's story crossing Canada, he literally dipped the front tires of his EV. Um, in the or no, he dipped his back tires in in the Pacific Ocean on one side, and the front tires in the Atlantic Ocean on the other. And so, if you want to learn a little bit more about that, um, uh, yeah, um, sorry, he just texted me again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can definitely go to uh, go to MarianneselectricDrive.com and read the blog. Read it's it's a really touching story. Him telling about crossing the country and interacting with people, and and just proving that you can with your EV. Um, like I'm, I've never been a, a big EV like prophet or proselytizer, but um, I like to think that it seems to be the better option, and I can't knock it. So, um, if you if you are able and you're willing, then I would suggest you get a electric vehicle. Because why not? Um, so definitely, yeah. While you're checking out um, Sun Country Highway, go uh, go on Instagram, check out the Two Eats Podcast where we're posting all our goofy shit, and. Um, Give us a follow. Say hi. Um, we're also on Facebook, Two Idiots Podcast. On Twitter, we're Two Idiots Show. We are on YouTube. We may or may not start posting stuff again. Haven't quite decided yet. I've been saying that for the last 10 weeks, probably longer. Um, so we'll see what comes of that. But give us a follow. Say hi. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We like you. We got a random message on Friday from a very nice lady. Um, actually, that reminds me. There's a There was a a five-star review that I forgot to read out. We got it a little while ago. Um, so real quick, bear with me here as I type it in. My phone's being slow. Um, wow. Yeah, it's been real slow. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, there was a review that got sent in. Um, it was August, actually. So I'm, I'm really far behind. But to be fair, I don't get an alert when it pops up. So I just didn't see it. Uh, but a five-star energy with a headline, Great Energy and Great Topics by Flying Solomon. Solomon. Uh, been a longtime fan since the beginning of it all. I've thoroughly enjoyed the entertaining conversation between these two stand-up guys. Hell yeah. They've dived into fun topics as well as important topics to help make a change and bring awareness to these real-world issues. Happy to be a patron supporting the fellow Manitoban creators. I see a bright future for the show and have great support for these guys. Highly recommend, and you'll be glad you listened in. Ah, it's very sweet. Very sweet. So if you, we would, rec- we would really love it if you would also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. Um, five stars helps other people find the show. Um, so if you got, if you get anything, if you have gotten anything from the show, uh, feel free to leave us a review, at least a rating, and um, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, also, if you feel like supporting the show even more, go to patreon.com slash 2 For as little as $3 a month, you can support the show, help it keep going, help us grow, and get exclusive bonuses, perks, benefits, you know, giveaways, special stuff that only you get. Um, and the the patrons at the $7 tier and above are members of our Idiot Hall of 
Fame, Hall of Fame. And so the current members of the Idiot Hall of Fame are as follows. And they get they get a special shout out. Shout out. They get a special shout out because they're just better people than everybody else. Um, starting with Mr. Brian Moore. Thank you, sir. Brian. Followed by Mr. Craig Baird. Thank you, thank you, Craig. Followed by Sir Drew McDonald of The Tip. Thank you, Drew. And next up is Kayla Lundberg on behalf of her and her partner, Jordan Peters. Thanks, guys. Next up is Janet Gooden. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And last but certainly not least is Mitchell Buck Pierce Buckers. Uh, so those are in the members of our Idiot Hall of Fame. So thank you, folks. Um, all right, so... I don't have um, a local artist yet to end in this episode with, but I will try and line one up between now and, well, you'll see him behind the curtain. We're not recording this, you know, we're recording a couple of days early. So I'll get it all lined up and then I'll plug it here. So we are going to be played out by a local southern Manitoba, southeast Manitoba, Steinbeck area band called Young and Haggard. Um, it just worked out serendipitously that uh, one of the band members reached out to me about uh, promoting one of their songs. So check them out, Young and Haggard. We're be- being played out by them and their songs, well, their cover of the song, Six Days on the Road. Check them out. F- check them out on Spotify, um, probably everywhere else. But uh, yeah, give them a follow. And without further ado, Young and Haggard. See you later, everybody.
make it home tonight.